Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Polachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSP community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hey, be sure to join us in Newport Beach, California, sunny Newport Beach, California on December 7th and 8th. That's the upcoming Mastermind Live Roadshow for Q4. So uh, if you're interested in growing your business, learning more about sales, learning more about marketing, learning more about culture, leadership, uh, EOS, mergers, acquisitions, we've got some great speakers lined up for you. Uh, and you'll also hear one of the most important parts is we have several very successful MSPs from all around North America that come and present at these and they talk about what's working for them, what's working and what's not working. And it's a great learning environment uh, on that first day on the 7th. And then we've got also great speakers lined up like myself, one of my favorite speakers. Uh, I'll be talking about sales process. We've got a marketing workshop from uh, Charlene Ignacio. Uh, and then we've got EOS, we've got leadership, we've got great things lined up. So, hey, be sure to sign up. And one important part, if you want the early bird discount, you need to sign up before the middle of November and use the coupon code early bird and you'll get a $200 discount. The, the, the fee is only $99. So uh, we're also arranging some fun activities. The, the $99 early bird fee does include uh, breakfast and lunch on both Thursday and Friday. Typically there's group activities in the evening and we're looking into a Harbor cruise on that Thursday. So it's gonna be a great event. I hope to see everybody there. Hey everybody, welcome back to the SMB Community Podcast. This is James Kernan with Kernan Consulting here with my bestest of best friends, Amy Babinchek. Hey Amy, welcome back, how are you? Hey, James, I am doing well. I am sorry I missed you last week, but it's good to be here today. Yeah, you are the you are the world traveler for sure. So uh, anyway, so speaking of last week, you were at a really cool conference. You want to you want us to start off with that? Tell us. I, I know that was in Chicago, uh, the ITO Compass event. How, how did that go? Uh, it was a really nice event. You know, they had. Um, Kaseya Connect Local on Thursday, and then ITO Compass was involved with that, and then the ITO Compass standalone part happened immediately following uh, on Friday and then half of Saturday, and okay. so um, it was a it was a really nice really nice event. It was small, you know. I think she had a hundred people pre-registered, and you know Thursday was the biggest day. Friday was a little smaller. Saturday was pretty small. So, you know, as the as the week went on and people's brains filled, they they sort of dropped off. And then, you know, Saturday is always a little bit of a, a tough sell, but it was just half a half a day on Saturday and, um, you know, still excellent sessions all the way all the way through that conference. That's great. That's great. Uh, any boat rides that time? I, I know Lori's famous for the, uh, you know, getting on some type of yacht. Yeah, well, yeah, because her husband's a retired Coast Guard guy, mm -hmm. so, and he captains boats for a living, and um, yeah, um, there was supposed to be 
a boat cruise, you know, that architectural boat cruise tour in Chicago. It's really a lot of fun. Even if you've done it before, it's still a lot of fun to, to do it again. So you go through the, um, you know, the canals in Chicago and, you know, party boat with food and drink and all that stuff, but it got canceled. Oh, big, okay. big storm came through. The winds were like 40 knots, uh, which, you know, probably doesn't mean anything to most of the people here, but the waves in Lake Michigan were going to be 14 to 18 feet. Um, wow. So there was significant and uh yeah it was raining and it was just kind of icky so the that that didn't happen so but they shifted to the rooftop bar of the hotel um you know which was undercover and and super awesome so wow in nautical terms uh what amy just said 40 knots uh wind that means you're going to get 40 knots in the side of your head if you get on a boat because you're going to be banging around pretty good so uh that's that's, you don't uh, you, you basically it's the wind speed you don't want to be on any boat of of any size out there really i mean that yeah. uh that wave height is just it's not going to work for anybody you know and that way even even the lake freighters at a thousand and twelve hundred feet are going to be sitting it out yeah yeah no that's good to know that's like poseidon adventure uh weather uh, <laughs> that little- that old movie that uh, that was terrifying. So awesome. Well, hey, we had a really fantastic question of the week. It was uh, it was around unique selling propositions, and it was you know what is or how do you define your superpower? And when you talk about superpowers, it's what makes us different or better than the competition. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, I'm sure you've heard that question a million times. I I certainly get it as well because it's it's really the foundation message in your marketing outbound to your customers and your prospects, you know, defining your unique selling proposition. But what, what comes to mind when you hear about, uh, you know, how do you create or, or figure out what your superpower is? Well, I have, so one of the peer groups that I run is a growth group. And the very first thing that we did was to help them find their, their unique selling proposition. You hear about the unique selling proposition all the time. So many people have no idea what it is, right? Because they're hearing about it from the vendors. The vendors are like, you know, standing on stage saying, you need to have a unique, unique selling proposition. And you can do that if everybody just goes and buys our product. You know, you know, it's a little mixed message because you're not unique if you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. Uh, and so I actually took them through a process to help them find their unique selling proposition. Because like you said, it's not that you're, it's not that you are offering a service that nobody's offering. It's the way that you're presenting it yes. that makes you stand out from the, from the others. Right. So in, in my MSP, um, our unique selling proposition was uh, the thing we use as our tagline. So for me, this was about finding your unique selling proposition, turning it into a tagline and using that, like you said, as the foundation of your marketing message. Mm-hmm. And, and ours was, we care about your business, right? Mm-hmm. So it was very, very short. Everybody knows what it means. Um, not something you're going to see from every IT firm out there because typically the messaging is we're fast, we're smart, Yep. You know, 
uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And ours, ours was, you know, Hey, we, we care about your business. Um, I like that. and I like that. yeah, so the way that I helped, the way that I helped my, my group each find their, their unique selling proposition was to have them think about what their origin story was, why they got into business in the first place. Mm Probably hmm wasn't because they wanted to have, be able to offer the super fastest response time. That's mm hmm probably not why they went into business. There's some other emotional thing that occurred that made them say, I'm going to start my own company because I think I can do it. I can do it better. Right. Yep. And so we took and took them through that and had them, you know, go back and think like, why did you start this company uh, and write it out? Right. It was like, just come back, write two paragraphs or three paragraphs. Tell me how you got to the point of deciding to start a business. And then, you know, in the group, we all looked at those paragraphs and helped them pull out what we thought their unique selling proposition is based on what they told us about why they got into business. Yeah, And yeah, then that. they went and redefined their message. And I see, we got to get it down to like, you know, three, four, five words that you can put in your email signature and stick on your card and have it on your website. And then this is going to be, this is going to be your message that goes out with all of your marketing. It's going to, you know, it's going to be the thing that defines your business uniquely from all the others that are out there that your prospects are and clients are going to remember about you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and to me, you're, you're reminding me of a really key part of, of any unique selling proposition exercise. It's really uh, identifying. And if you haven't done this before, um, it's important that you do it. You need to identify your core values of the business. And normally the core values start with you, the leader, the owner. It's your personal core values that, that leak over into your business. And then the rest of your leadership team, that's a an EOS exercise I always like doing, but I think it's important to understand your core values first before you work on your unique selling proposition, because typically they overlap, or you could use some key elements like Amy did in her core values in creating your unique selling proposition. So, and I love the group exercise idea too, because I've seen so many people really struggle with trying to create their unique selling proposition. And then they're like, hey, James, I've got a really cool one. Let me share it with you. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we need to work on this. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, that, that was, I think, really key was that I didn't ask them to come up with their unique profit selling proposition. It's like we, the group was going to suss it out from what they told us about their business. Um, you know, and then, you know, they had to go back and massage that, and, you know, come, come back the, the following meeting, you know, with what they actually settled on. And, you know, Interestingly, what you what you said about the owner's core values coming through, um, I'm not an EOS person, but I've always I've always called that my myself. I always have said the personality, the business takes on the personality of the owner. Yep. And I think that's true of any business, no matter what the size. And frankly, amazes me that you can see the personality of the top person. in businesses as large as General Electric and Microsoft and Amazon and Exxon Mobile, uh, you know, that their 
that top person's personality ends up influencing everything about that, about the company. Yeah. Yeah. And then truth be told to your point, Amy, everybody's different. Everybody is unique. So tapping into those core values of what makes you different does define the personality of your business, your core values, and really your culture. So anyway, I, I love that question. And uh, we talk about that a lot in our peer groups as well. But, uh, you know, how are you different or better than the competition from your customer's perspective? Because the message is going to go to your customer and uh, think of it from that perspective. So a little spin on it is from your customer's perspective. How are you different or better than the competition? So uh, anyway, that's great. And Amy, I love the exercise idea that you shared, kind of making people write down their why. Why did you start your business? Talk about what you're passionate about. Why did you do that? And then having other people help pull that out. If if you're not part of a group and you want to uh, take a stab at it, uh, just email me at james at kernanconsulting.com. I'm happy to share. We've got a, uh, I call it the one-page business plan exercise. It's a great exercise that helps you define your unique selling proposition as well. So that's a a fun exercise if anybody is is struggling with your USP or, and or you want to update it and get some help, uh, you can use that uh, exercise. So, all right, I think we tackled that one. Um, there also, Amy, there was a really cool article that came out from MSPTechNews.com, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of the unique selling proposition, but it was the article, uh, I'll drop the link in the show notes, but it was really... Um, it was called Understanding Your Competitors. And it, it was essentially a SWOT analysis exercise for your business. But I thought it was the way they wrote it out, it was really good uh, <clears throat> about understanding the competitors' uh, strengths and their weaknesses and what that competitive landscape looks like in your local marketplace. So uh, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. It um, talked about the comparison, you know, from from sales and marketing tactics, uh, from your pricing, you know, and then your packaging of your services. So all those things are important to take a, a look at. And I think it comes back to helping you create a better unique selling proposition. Because if you don't know what the competition is doing in your local marketplace, how can you be different than them? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'd encourage people to actually go out and get to know their competition, right? So if you went right. through that exercise, but you don't actually know any of the people that are running businesses like yours in your area, you're going to have a really hard time filling that out. You know, uh, here in, in my area, we have a couple of large meetup groups for IT businesses. And, you know, you'll find a lot of developers there looking for another, you know, gig to pick up because they're, you know, doing all their own gig type work. Yeah. Um, but there's also there's also MSPs there and um, and there it's really just a social thing. But that's how you're going to get to know your your competition. You need you need to know some of those people, hear yeah. from them what they're doing. They'll be happy to tell you what they're doing because they're yeah. sure that they're awesome. Right? <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Yeah, everybody loves to cheerlead their own business. And and times have changed. I I think back years ago when I was running my companies. And what the competitive landscape looked like in the in the marketplace. I primarily was in Southern California and in San Diego for a long time. 
So I, I knew that competitive landscape. I knew who, you know, there were always published lists that came out where, you know, they would rank in the business, local business journal, you know, who the top technology resellers were, you know, that's one way of identifying. Um, but to Amy's point, you know, getting to know your competitors today, it seems like it's more and more people are willing to kind of partner and to share and help each other. Uh, where years past, it wasn't always like that. So again, I'm aging myself. It, it wasn't quite back to the black and white TVs, but, you know, <laughs> certainly a good 15 plus years ago. One way, Amy, that I used to learn more about the competition was we were always recruiting people. So I would interview salespeople, I'd interview technical people, project management, whatever the role was. And I would always ask a lot of personal questions about the business. I would ask them, what is your unique selling proposition? How are you different? You know, what is, you know, what is your compensation plan look like? You know, who are some of the top accounts that you guys uh, work with? And, you know, who are your, you know, where do you buy from distribution? What distribution partners do you have and, and what vendors do you typically include in your stack of, of services? So interviewing, you know, obviously they're going to try to show the best them they can when they're trying to impress you and, and get a job. It's a creative way of, of getting a lot of intel on, on your competitors. Yeah. I always ask a lot of those similar questions. Um, not, uh, not so much about, you know, who their accounts are and stuff, but um, I would get a lot of information by just having them describe their day to me, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me what you do, you know, well, you know, are, are you involved with getting, getting new clients or, you know, selling new projects or anything like, right? And then, and then I would hear from them about, well, you know, we do projects like this and that, and right? You end up getting a lot of information about their previous employer that way. Yeah. Yep. That's great. That's a great question. Great question to ask. Well, we, we actually had another great question that kind of came in. It was more of a problem that uh, somebody had submitted. Uh, they were, do you use IT staffing firms to help find talent? We're, re we're really struggling, was what the, the question was coming in. And, and Amy, you and I earlier were just talking about recruiting in general and in some of the other creative ways, but what, what would be your answer to, you know, one, do you use IT staffing firms? Uh, and if not, what other ways can you find talent? Well, as a, you know, as a small company, I never used a staffing firm because of the commissions that they charge were, were really steep, yep. you know? So if you have, you know, two, three, four, five, you know, maybe even up to 15 people or something that, that fee that they're charging is it's not very reasonable for you to afford. So that means we have to get more creative, you know, which we always do down in the small business space. Um, I have hired people from knowing them at uh, local meetup groups. Um, I have hired people from my clients who had internal IT staff with my yeah. client's permission. Um, and, um, you know, other than that, I just really use the traditional, uh, you know, online marketplaces. I found that um, ZipRecruiter and Indeed seemed to be the two, the two recently that had the best people in it. But yep. keep an eye on those because um, people move around <laughs> from service to service, right? 
So, you know, for, for a long time, right. Monster was the great service everybody was in. And then, uh, you know, it's not so much anymore, but it won't surprise me if someday it becomes that again, because, you know, the market might get frustrated with what ZipRecruiter has to offer and then go to Indeed. I also hear people say they have good luck on um, Craigslist, although I never went there because I just seem to seem less professional to me. But yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, ZipRecruiterIndeed.com were are two of the hot ones. I've I've had some of the clients I've worked with in North America uh, have real good luck in with LinkedIn. So LinkedIn postings and and then just using social media and pointing out that, hey, we're growing, we're expanding and we're recruiting right now. We need level two techs or project managers. Uh, just that message on social media, some people, and those are free, of course, uh, but they're getting some good, good bites on that. And then what is your thoughts, Amy, on more and more of the clients I work with are outsourcing offshore? And, you know, we've talked about this before on the program, but, you know, historically in my 30 year career, offshoring was a bad word, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine too. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan personally. Um, and I, that may come from because of where I'm located in the, in the Detroit area, you mm -hmm. know, uh, there's lots of, lots of manufacturing here and businesses that support manufacturing yeah. uh, and they are deeply affected by offshoring. So they have a negative view of it. So if your potential clients have a negative view of it, I yeah. would keep that in mind, but great, you know, great, I, great. yeah, at, um, uh, at, at the conference I was just at, there was a guy who gave a, a session and he talked about um, offshoring as a way to, create redundancy in his employees. So he was a, he was a small firm about, I think he said 1.6 million. And he just reached that level by purchasing another, another company. So, um, and he, uh, he said a few years ago, he lost his main super tech guy mm -hmm. and it was tragic for his business. He didn't no longer had somebody who could, you know, work at that, that level. Um, and he really had to scramble. Um, he lost a lot of money. He said, you know, it was a huge problem. Um, mm. And so he really scrambled. And what he ended up doing was um, offshoring to the Philippines. Mm. And so um, he said he now has, you know, four or five people and what they are, are, redundancy to the people that he's hired locally. Okay. So he's not using them as a full-time offshoring scenario, but he, you know, keeps, keeps them around. They work, they work directly with his local staff. Um, and so he's, he's used it that way so that he'll never again find himself very dependent on an individual employee. If your local economy is being adversely affected by by offshoring, you know, you need to be tuned into that. Uh, but I would say over the past two years, I I would guess over 50% of my mastermind members in our peer groups offshore, and they've had great success. And one thing 
just like any peer group would share best practices and you know best vendors and best strategies. Our group certainly does that and other groups do as well, but our, our group actually shared the sources of where we're getting some really good people. And I mean, it's so good. Case in point, I, I hired a VA offshore. And uh, the one thing I noticed that uh, you can hire extremely educated, competent, smart as a whip, you get really good people right now. But the thing I've noticed besides just getting good talent in a, in an industry that has always struggled and with very low unemployment network forces available. The thing that I've noticed more than anything is just their happiness and gratitude about having a job. Uh, it's the first, first time one of my clients out of San Diego had their VA hop on a call and they were just uh, like a ray of sunshine. I, I don't know how to say it, but they were so grateful for being part of the team. They were smiling. Uh, they were so energetic about answering questions that I had. Uh, it it, it kind of reminded me, I was like, wow, that's refreshing. I haven't seen that in a long time. <laughs> so that uh, I, I thought that was interesting, you know, about how much gratitude they had about having a job and doing the very best they could with every opportunity they could. So interesting. It, it is interesting. You know, <clears throat> in the past, they would have had to uh, immigrate to the United States to be able to have that opportunity. Yeah. And, but now technology is spreading that opportunity around around the world. Um, interesting to see how that, that plays out for the, the long term. Yeah. And we've got a really good question of the week. So uh, be sure to tune in with us next week as we talk about... Um, what do you do when a client hires one of your staff? And that's, that's that yeah. happens all the time. Uh, so that's a great question. We won't dive into that today. We'll save that for next week, but um, you know, come back and check us out. So, Hey, before we wrap up, Amy, what else is going on event wise or, or for you uh, for the rest of calendar year 23? Well, next week I'm headed down to Australia I'm going to be speaking at the SMB IT Pro National Conference. Um, look, really looking forward to it. I have, I think this is my fourth time speaking at that conference over the years. And um, yeah, I just, I, I love the, I, I love the IT people down there. They're real, real go-getters and it's a great conference. It'll be, there'll be at least 600 people there. So it's a nice size. It's the, I, I prefer the smaller conferences. And so yeah. 600 is nice. You get a great mix of people. Um, and, uh, you know, they large enough, you can have multiple kind of tracks going at one time. So there's always something interesting to, to attend. And uh, I enjoy attending the sessions as much as I do speaking. So um, I'm going to be doing my session that I that I did in Georgia recently, and actually that I did at ITO Compass um, on uh, identity secure score uh, mm -hmm. in Microsoft 365 and how to get to that elusive 100%. Uh, so um, looking forward to that. And then actually Carl Palachuk and I are doing a session together on um, what the idea of retirement looks like for people oh. that were business owners. What you know, I, yeah, if anybody's following Carl, you may have noticed he's got his first grandchild. And I think so this, 
topic is working its way up, although he never intends to actually stop working. So, but uh, you know, that's an option too. So we're going to, we're going to sort of go through the options and get people thinking of that because like it or not, there's a lot of older people in our, our industry that, uh, you know, are starting to think about making room for new folks to come in. Yep. Nope. That's a, that's a great topic. Uh, that's a great topic. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in the upcoming episodes as well. Yeah. For me, I'm fortunately I, I'm going to be home for a little while, but I'll be traveling early December, the first week of December at uh, Newport beach. Uh, we've got another mastermind live event, Newport beach, California, so looking forward to getting to sunny Southern California and uh, we're going to be talking about sales process, you know, what your sales process looks like uh, in that event. And then I was also asked to speak in a MSSP sales and marketing event in Honolulu, Hawaii. So that's mid, I think it's January 16th through the 18th. Uh, so uh, not only am I excited to talk again about sales process, uh, and, and selling more of your services and what that process looks like. Uh, I'm really, really excited about being mid-January, being in Honolulu. So uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that should be fun. <laughs> that's nice. That's that's a, that's great. Uh, you know, you just reminded me on the 19th of this month, so just in a few days, I'm also uh, sitting on a couple of panels at an MSSP event as well. Um, and, uh, it's, it's an all online, uh, type thing. So, but I, I will, I'll send over the, the link to you so you can put that in our, in our show notes, the sessions will be recorded. So by the time you're listening to this, that event is coming on. Um, but you know, it's online and there's definitely going to be some sessions there that you'll want to pop into and have a listen. All right. All right. Very good. So good to see you again. Thanks for, uh, for joining me today on the program. I will uh, everybody hope to see everybody back uh, next week on the SMB Community Podcast. And if you want to submit any questions, you could either just email them directly to me, james at kernanconsulting.com, or just go to the smbcommunitypodcast.com website and you can submit questions there as well. All right. All right. Thanks again, Amy. We'll uh, see you next time.